Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Uh, another week, another summer. Everybody out there and your varying temperatures of heat. Sorry. Yeah. Sounds pretty brutal out there. Well, I mean, the East Coast. They are roasting. As the Red Sox game today, it was 97 degrees in Boston. Has a game ever been called for heat? Not that I know of. Surprisingly, I wonder if even in like the old Arlington, Texas days, when when the when they didn't have a roof. Mm. That that's an interesting question. Because like at some point, it's got to get dangerous. Especially these day games. Right. With the sun and everything. Aye, I'm going to look it up. I'm, gonna call, I'm looking it up. He's looking it up, everyone. Here he goes. Oh, look at this number one post up here. Does your wife give you shit every time you golf? I should write. Nope, she doesn't. I don't. She's a keeper, everybody. Thank you. For heat. That would be, that would be at the T, everybody. Uh... Oh, there's a Reddit thread about it. <laughs> That'll be the answer. Tonight's Dodgers game is 107. 
There's got to be a limit. That's not to... not tonight. Tonight from the when the thread was published. Twins Just Cubs played in 110, Yikes. resulting in multiple players getting heat sickness. See, like that to me feels like it's it's actually very dangerous. And then some, both for the both the Cub fan replied it was 95. The heat index was 115. There's a difference. I mean, both for the players and the spectators. 2017 World Series Game One was 103 degrees. Ugh, gross. <laughs> uh, according to the collective bargaining agreement, after June 1st, getaway games in Arlington can be scheduled after 5 p.m. due to heat reasons. But I can't see anything but about a, a ever game been? ever being called. Interesting. Uh, 80 years ago. 80 years ago, a game was called. Yes. Okay. All right. Cancel for the Heat. 1936, Brooklyn at Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) That's your answer, Tori. Okay, thank you. (laughs) You know, these ball players, they really tough it out. And, you know, they're wearing the long sleeves and the... It just doesn't seem... Doesn't well, wouldn't you rather right. have long sleeves on? Yeah, I mean, I yes, I would, but are those uniforms, like, those uniforms look hot. Well, they're not like they used to be, which was wool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Okay. Commissioner Shafrir. Yep. That's me. If you were the Major League Baseball commissioner, what would you change first? Um. Hmm. What, if anything, would you change? I would disband the Yankees. I like it. Give my vote. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I would just break up the Yankees and turn them into five different teams. Each borough gets a team. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And then they play in their own division called the AL New York. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't hate it. Um, Red Sox, in case anyone's following. I, I They forgot that the All-Star game is o- break is over. They've yet to return to the field. <laughs> anyway. It's pretty sad. Big days here. Yesterday, we ventured south. We ventured to the land of Disney. We took the 101 to the 5, as Henry likes to say. <laughs> I told He asked if we were going to take the... Fr- or he asked which freeway we were going to take there. Yeah. And I told him we would probably take the 5. Mm-hmm. And then we were driving and we got on the 101. And what did he say? Were you going to get on the five? Yes. And you were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it sort of just sounded like he knew that the way to Disneyland. Well, he's like, like, he just wanted to make sure I wasn't taking the 60 to the 605. Like, he was like, take the five, dad. Yeah. Mom told me. Um, yeah. So we took him to Disneyland yesterday because I kind of was having the Disneyland itch. You really were. I was. I kept asking. He, I, at one point, I had talked to him, asked him if he wanted to go on Sunday, and he had said yes. And then we talked a little bit about it. And then the next time I brought it up in front of Dory, he like was gaslighting me. He was like, what? No. <laughs> I want to stay home. <laughs> it was kind of funny, actually. I thought it was rude. I mean, it was rude, but it was also funny. Um, yeah, we took him back. Now, his third time at Disneyland, probably the second time he remembers. 
No, his fourth time. His fourth time. Wow, he's really a SoCal kid now. Because he went the one time before lockdown. Yeah. Then we went um, over on Mother's Day. Right. 2021, when they were still really yes. limiting capacity. And then we went again in February when my sister was here. Right. Wow. And then yeah. again in July. Yep. Hmm. I know. He's really turned into a SoCal kid. Um, we had... like I mean, the morning was good because the marine layer was still there and it was cloudy. That was really nice. And it wasn't too crowded. It wasn't too crowded. And then as the crowds increased, so too did the sun. sun. So, and then there got to be that, that 12 in the afternoon point where I just sort of, my brain just sort of melted away. And I ran to the Golden Horseshoe and hid. Yeah, but that was that was a good place to hide, I have to say, except for the woman who coughed on me. Well, she coughed on you and sat right behind you. Yeah, so if I get COVID, it's probably from the Golden Horseshoe. We did some Genie Plus action. We got some Dumbo. We got the Dumbo right away. Henry got another trance. <laughs> Not as bad this time. Mm-hmm. The Dumbo line really does it to him. That's something about that Dumbo line. And then, I don't remember what we did after that. Carousel. Right. But he wanted to watch Mickey, so he was having a fit about that, and he refused to pee in the bathroom because of his fear of loud toilets. Yes. So then, he decided he wanted food. And then I decided I wanted you food. You also wanted food. So we went to the... <laughs> Red Rose. Which used to be the Village Hoss. Tavern. And Dory went in to get food, and then and then he was like, I have to pee. And I was like, we got to go into the bathroom. He's like, no. He thought he could just pee on the grass at Disneyland? I think so. <laughs> but also, like, you know, when I took him in, he, like, grabbed at the wall. Yeah, he's very scared. To, like, not be brought into the He's thing. very scared. And I was like, let's go in, and, and we don't have to, you know, I don't have to put you down. We can look, and if you really don't like it, we can leave. He's like, okay. And I try to bring him in, and then he's like grabbing at the wall. It's like, bud, what do we say? We're going to look, right? And we went in, and luckily it was like all the urinals were empty, and, oh. the, and, the, and the toilets were way on the other side. Oh, that's good. And the, and the shortest urinal was the first one. Oh, there is a short urinal? Yeah. Oh, how would I know? <laughs> I mean, you know, anyone who's like 40 inches and, 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 and higher needs to also pee standing up, apparently. <laughs> So, I put him right there. He's like, will it flush automatically? Flush by itself or not? And it's like, I showed him the... He really hates the automatic flush. I showed him the sensor, and I was like, this is all it does. And I touched the sensor, and then the water just flowed down quietly. Oh, thank God. And I was like, see? He's like, okay. And then he pees. And then he wanted to hit the sensor. And then it, it did the thing. And then we immediately left. That's good. Face the fear. Yep, yep, yep. And then we went to a different bathroom again. So that was two peas. That's good. In a public bathroom. Yeah, see, and that's the benefit of having you able to take him into the men's room. Yeah, because you don't have to deal with the veracity of the women's toilets. The velocity? Veracity. I think they're voracious. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you meant veracity, like truth, truthfulness. No. And I was like, huh. I mean, I guess maybe there is some truth to those toilets. Um, 
Yeah. Really doesn't like the noise or the unpredictability of an automatic flush. I mean, look at that the picture right there of you on Main Street with your Disneyland hat. Yep. And there's no one around you. When was that? That that was a long time ago. Wasn't that was that our first your our second date? No. Are you sure? Yeah, it wasn't. I think that might I think that's Disney World actually. Hmm. Because I'm wearing that shirt in a picture that we have with John and Shannon. I see. So you only wore that shirt once. To Disney? I think so. Well, all right. Hard to say. Anyway, used to be a lot less crowded is all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, we had fun. Henry fell asleep in the car on the ride home, which, you know, he doesn't do very much. He also nodded off at like 10 in the morning in the stroller. <laughs> he was really tired. Um, That's because he gets up so early now and demands that we, had we to wake w- him up. Well, we had to wake him up yesterday to go i don't remember that yeah he wasn't up yeah, um, but i opened the door and he's like ready to go yeah but he was tired anyway he fell asleep in the car for like 40 minutes which is a long car nap for him he usually wakes up after like 20 minutes and then we got home and he was like and we want to west more <laughs> so he wanted to go in for an actual nap yeah so 3 <laughs> 40 p.m yeah so we let him sleep till 4 30 uh, which is, you know, ridiculous considering his bedtime, et cetera. But, you know, bedtime wasn't that much later and he fell asleep relatively quickly. So Yeah, but he also was up this morning, like way before us. Yeah, I think we should get him either. I've been thinking about this. Getting him a thinking, clock? I was thinking about getting him a clock. My concern about a clock is we need a clock that turns on at that, six o'clock. That's in the exactly what I was thinking because I feel like if we just have a clock there, he's going to become like fixated on it. Yes, and we'll just watch it. Yes, and so I was like, I wonder if that, that exists. And then another thing we can do is we can program his light to turn green at a certain time, mm-hmm. and we can say, "You can't call for us until the light turns green." I see, okay. That is like a classic toddler tactic. It's a hatch thing? Yeah. And there's other lights called okay to wake clock lights, clocks. I don't know. Um, so we could try that too. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, he's been doing this thing where he gets up and he goes, I want to wake up now, mama. And I'm like, oh, but it's early. He thinks waking up is when he gets out of the crib. Yeah. He does not equate being able to physically yell for us as being awake. Correct. So when he asks what time he wakes up, it's what time he left and saw the clock. Yes. Um, What else? You know, we should catch people up on our call with DKB. Oh, yeah. Our disheartening call with DKB. I was in the... I was in the um, Still in the Disney portion. I was oh. still, I was still in the happiest place on earth. Oh, sorry. You took me out of there. Sorry. Right back to DKB. I'm just gonna tell everyone that Henry rode Rise of the Resistance with me. Oh yeah. Dory refused to. I, I just thought I would get sick. Anyway, he rode it, and uh, he liked it a lot. And at one point, we were there's like a part where you like 
you load into like this transport, which then gets tractor beamed by a star destroyer, and you get taken aboard the star destroyer. And then it opens up, and you're in the bay, and there's like sixty stormtroopers standing there. And Henry's like, "What are those?" I'm like, "Those are stormtroopers." And uh, he's like, "Oh." And he, we get in line down the corridor, and they pull us to get ready to get in our transport pods, our, our uh, sh- prisoner transport pods. And at that point, Henry looks at me and goes, "Are we still in Disneyland <laughs> or not?" And I was like, "Where do you think we are?" He's like, I don't know. I was like, do you think we're in space? He's like, yeah. I'm like, then we're in space, bud. Aww. A truly truly immersive experience. Yeah, he had a good time. And then when, you know, is it loud? And then when it started to get a little loud, he just went like this. Hands over his ears? Yeah. Thanks for describing that. You're welcome. He also had his hands over his ears for pretty much all of Haunted Mansion. Yes. He was scared in that. You one. think he was scared? Yeah. I, think I don't so. think he was scared. I think he just wanted. I just think he l- didn't like the speaker right behind his head. Oh, maybe. Because he never said anything about being scared. Yeah, he just wanted it to be over. Yeah. Like not like when we took when Maddie went on and she was terrified. That was Sam. Not when Sam went on and he was terrified. Mm-hmm. Are you well, sure? I'm 100% positive. I think I got them both. Maddie has never been on Haunted Mansion. No. I don't think so. And Sam was a year and a half when he went on Haunted Mansion, which is very young. Look, look at the guide. It says kids, adults, all ages. Mm. Very scary. Anyway. Um. All right. Are you ready to now talk uh, briefly talk about our call, DKB? Yeah, I mean, we could do that when we get back from the break. Oh, well, I mean, that's usually when we start emails. I know, we'll do both when we get back from the break. Wow, okay. I'm just trying to keep us on a, some sort of schedule. That, that was why I wanted to talk exactly. about it two minutes ago. I don't know why you were delaying me. Okay, everybody. What? The See Art of Gaslighting by Matt Myra. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, 
anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is. That's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Okay, we're back. See, that was a classic Matt Myra. I forgot about talking to DKB because it was... Such a bummer of a call. It was a it was a bummer of a call. I mean, it was it was nothing we didn't expect. Unexpected. Yeah. Well, it was it was. I didn't know what she was going to say about like I didn't know that they have no donor embryos. I also feel like not that that's a lie, but like I don't think it's a priority for them. Correct. So I feel like if they really wanted to facilitate donor embryos within their clinic happening they would they would make more of an effort to do that right but they are not Bo has decided to return outside and uh, as a result wants to come in here I hopefully because it's nice and cool in here Dory's knocked over her water bottle in case yeah, anyone's Bo wondering did. what that sound is Bo knocked it over that was Bo correct now yeah, so they had. She said they have no donor embryos, and the uh, the donor embryo uh, scene typically changes when the bills come due for storage, which I thought was funny. But you know, when you when when they send you your storage renewal, which we just got, and I'm going to tell them we don't want our embryos anymore, um, unless you feel differently. I mean, at this point. Yeah, but it's not like they say, let us know if you'd like to donate them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, do know what I you feel mean. like it's something that someone would have to consciously want to do. It's not like the clinic is like making it easy, mm -hmm. which is like a little bit annoying, I have to say. Agreed. Also, they don't accept embryos from other clinics. Also annoying. For liability reasons. Yes. Um, 
I mean, essentially anything moving forward, we have to do not with them. Unless we did donor, e- we could do donor eggs with them because they could do the retrieval, et cetera, at CFP. Is that <sighs> right? I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, like don't, the, I don't mean I think that's right. I think I, I'm saying I think I remember that. Yeah. Like the donor would become a patient of Dr. Beck's. I see. Um, All right. So send us your info, everybody. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So now, you know, it's kind of like where like there aren't exactly like a, a gajillion donor embryos floating around there. Yes. And there aren't exactly a gajillion um women whose eggs are available to us well and donor eggs are very expensive and donor eggs are very expensive so it's kind of like i don't know i mean it's kind of like we're shit out of luck yeah for now i say for now like i don't know what would change really um i don't know if like they'd uh find a you know, box of embryos they forgot about under a couch. Yeah, we actually got this. Is actually, a good segue to a couple emails that we got. Great, that's uh, that's how we do it here. We like to segue from our sorrows to yours. This is from Mariah, um, and she says, "I'm finally caught up, having binged every episode from the last seven months. When I fell behind due to the birth of our second son, I had to write in regarding the consideration of embryo adoption. My close friend." And her husband had no luck with IVF and their physician actually made a similar call to DKB in that she recommended not doing any further rounds given their situation. My friends still very much wanted to carry their future children, so they opted for embryo adoption. They highly, highly recommend California Conceptions in Sacramento. This fertility clinic uses both donor eggs and donor sperm from young, healthy, genetically screened individuals to create embryos for, quote, adoption. I think Dory mentioned in the last episode that she would prefer this kind of situation. As opposed to embryos from a couple that have their own kids, little siblings to your potential future child out in the world somewhere. From what I've learned, California Conceptions charges a flat fee for either non-PGS tested embryos, 15000 for up to three transfers, or a higher fee for PGS tested embryos, 21000 for up to three transfers. They guarantee... difference. Six grand. PGS testing is so expensive. I thought it was $2,500. I think the last time we paid like five grand or something. Woof. I don't remember, but it was a lot. And so, you know, three rounds. They guarantee you will get pregnant in three tries with their clinic. You can decide if you want one or two I'm embryos. Sorry? They guarantee you will get pregnant in three tries with their clinic. I heard that, but I don't believe it. You can decide if you want one or two embryos transferred each time. There are certain factors that disqualify you from the guarantee, but Dory doesn't seem to meet those. My friend traveled from Southern California to this clinic in Sacramento to conceive. The first attempt, they transferred two embryos and ended up with a successful singleton pregnancy. The second attempt, they transferred two embryos and ended up with twins. They now have three kids from two transfers after years of heartbreak and struggle with IVF. She has so many good things to say about their choice to work with California Conceptions and highly recommends it to anyone. A little update on me. I wrote in a while ago about choosing to have another child after my traumatic help syndrome induced premature delivery of our first child. I think others in similar shoes were wondering if they could move past the trauma of the first delivery and the fear of a repeat of that life-threatening scenario. 
After a pregnancy filled with close monitoring, we successfully delivered our second son on January 1st, 2022. It was a fully controlled, safe and scheduled C-section of a full-term baby. He was healthy and strong, and there were no hiccups or hurdles this time around. We had a few blissfully happy days with him in the hospital in which I couldn't stop saying how grateful I was to get to experience a textbook, safe, happy delivery of a child after the scary emergency C-section and awful recovery with weeks in the NICU that accompanied our first child. I feel emotionally whole having had this gift of a normal birth experience, and I'm so glad I overcame my own fears of repeating the trauma and moved forward with having a second child. It wasn't easy, and it is bananas hard having a toddler and an infant. But I have zero regrets. Thank you for being the delightful podcasters you are and maintaining this community. Please don't stop hearing about Raising Henry has also helped us in countless ways. That is from Mariah, who has a husband, a two and a half year old science toddler, a six month old spontaneous conception baby, and a fuzzy rescue dog named Bodie or Bobo in a three story, two bedroom 1,560-square-foot condo in North County, San Diego. We have pitched ceilings, so I splurged on a 65-inch Samsung, the frame TV. I can't stand the hideous black box looming in the room when the TV is off, so this makes the TV look like a framed piece of artwork when it is on standby mode. We love it. And no hot dogs in my entire life because veggie dogs, quote, don't count. Hot dog count is three today. And Matt... uh, Yes, Bo. Got some stuff from Costco and didn't realize I wanted, how many hot dogs I wanted he was like ordering. a pack of hot dogs. So I selected a pack of hot dogs. It also happened to come attached to three more identical packs of hot dogs. And like an uncut sheet of hot dog packs. There were so many hot dogs. So it'll be hot dog heaven over here for a little while i guess so thank god henry is into hot dogs because of the song on the show well it's the it's the mickey mouse D- disney junior obsession with hot dogs well he lives in hot dog hills yes and they're sing- they always sing about hot dogs they yeah. plant hot dog tree well, that was goofy really wanted to plant a hot dog I mean, tree it's just like enough with the hot dogs hmm. i like that they are featuring a food that is such a choking hazard to their audience <laughs> right oh yeah yeah well let's talk about it uh california conceptions i don't understand so it's like so twenty one thousand dollars we'll get you three transfers with pgs testing where do i get the embryos from they create them with donor eggs and donor sperm Interesting. Create embryos for quote adoption. Well, also like this other thing that uh, DKB was like really telling us how um, cost prohibitive adopting is. Embryo adoption. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, she's like it's as co- it's it costs as much as regular adoption. So I was like, oh, that's like sixty grand. She, she said that. No, she didn't say yes, that. Yes, she did. She definitely didn't say that. Oh, and a lot. She did. I swear. No, she just said that you have to be careful because there are some places that say that they do embryo adoption and those using that term tends to mean that it's more expensive than calling it embryo donation. That's all. Okay. I mean, this is a little different because I feel like typical embryo donation is using people's leftover embryos. This clinic is creating 
new embryos. That's a it's a whole other specifically for the purpose line of, of moral quandary of em- of you know embryo adoption. So it's a literal baby factor. Yes, that's weird. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I was doing a little reading of this place. They have very mixed reviews on the internet. What doesn't? That's true. Besides that things true. that have, are piled with fake reviews on Amazon. Very, very fair. Very true. Um, but, you know, interesting thing for us to potentially explore. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. Next email is from Rochelle. Hello, Matt and Dory. I've been listening since the beginning. It was so heartbroken to hear about your latest transfer results. You mentioned considering the idea of donor embryos, and I've written in before about using donor embryos after failing multiple rounds of IVF. The very first one worked, and our son Eli is almost two. He's absolutely amazing and better than any kid I could have ever imagined. I honestly thought him not being genetically related would matter to me more than it really does now. It's not something I think of often except for when I'm just so grateful to have him. You mentioned being less inclined to receive a donor embryo from a couple with direct genetic siblings, but we have noth- we have had nothing but an awesome experience. It's been so fun to see pictures of the siblings and send updates of our son. We email once every couple months and have a lovely, easy relationship. I'm sure that may depend on how well the families get along, of course, but we got to know them before deciding to proceed with the transfer. I choose to think about them as an added bonus for Eli, like an extra aunt and uncle rather than an awkward complication, if that makes sense. Their embryos were also genetically tested, so those are definitely available. The main reason we decided to go with a known donor is because research has shown that it is helpful for adoptees later on to be able to have access to any genetic information they are curious about instead of it being a mysterious question mark in their mind. Of course, I'm sure you could find embryos made with known egg donors, but it's just something to consider. We plan on being very open with our son about how he came to be, As research shows, it's best to tell them early and often and not keep it a secret from them. Embryo donation has been such an awesome experience, and I hope you learn more about your options from your doctor this week. Husband, wife, donor embryo, toddler, dog, ball python, and axolotl. What is that? In 2,100 square feet, inherited home, this person. Oh, oh, this is an interesting, it's an amphibian. It's a salamander. Cool. Didn't never heard of that. Uh, no hot dogs, but I have a great story. My husband's father used to give him a special meal when he was in charge for the day. They would have cold dogs, which are just like hot dogs, only cold and with no toppings or bun, just straight out of the package in the fridge. He made it fun. Wow. I love making laziness fun. He'll be back. Bo has left again. He's being real antsy today. He will return. Well, I mean, we did just leave him for a whole six hours yesterday. He is going through some real separation anxiety. Well, we left for 12 days. No, we didn't. We left for eight days. We left for eight days and then immediately came back and then left for six hours. Wow, six hours. I mean, I just think the pandemic like has made him too accustomed to having people around all the time. Cause we used like you used to go to work. I used to go to work and we would leave him at home and it was not a problem. Right. And now all of a sudden it's like, he can't be alone. I get it. You know, I think we're all like that a little bit, I guess. 
Anyway, Rochelle, thank you for her this email. I'm back on Twitter. Yeah, Matt's back on Twitter, everyone. Post-pandemic. Uh, how's that going for you, Matt? You know, just love getting those faves, you know? Mm, it's real dopamine. Those yeah. likes and those retweets. Yep, sure. Did, did, did Look, people I lost you? like 8,000 followers and a, and a blue check mark while I was gone. <laughs> and apparently I had a copyright strike against my thing. Uh, for an uh, unknown reason. <laughs> so, I don't know. You, well, okay. I do wonder what the DCMA was for. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who copyright claimed me? It's very strange. It is. I know. It's I like agree. the Wild West of media out there. Who's yeah. DCMA? Somebody on Twitter. It's very strange. I mean, it could be one of those automatic things. Yeah, like but on YouTube. Like, I don't know. Um, thoughts on this email? Uh, Eli's a good name. Uh, the idea of like sending emails like every few months with updates about your child sounds like a big commitment to me. As if the responsibility would fall on you. Oh, I know. Let's be honest. <laughs> but also, like, it's a lot. Like, if it had to fall on me, it wouldn't get done. Mm-hmm. Those are my thoughts. You asked my thoughts. In the I, I know. I know. I did. And I'm responding to your thoughts. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it. We're just running it. Out of options anyway, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have been offered an embryo. Well, we where would we, where would we transfer it? Where would we put it? <laughs> um, I think we'd have to transfer it where it is. Which is? In Boston. Unless we found a clinic in LA that would accept a transferred embryo. Sounds all. This all sounds so complicated. I know it is complicated. Oof. So anyway, we're gonna take a break, mull over those complications, and we'll have answers as soon as we come back. All right, BRB or not, we'll be right back. Hi everyone, we're back. Catherine has an email for us, and we're here to talk about it. She writes, "I thought I'd write in with an update." After the email I wrote you following my terrible Mother's Day embryology report, I was the listener who wrote in asking for advice about what to do when you have multiple cycles fail to make blastocysts and how to move on and accept a child-free life. It's looking like I may not need all the great child-free, not-by-choice resources the other listeners sent. I continued with the remaining two cycles I had planned to do with my new doctor, and after another not-so-great day six call... We decided to tack on two more cycles for five total with this clinic since they also offered a five for the price of three deal. <laughs> what the fuck? I did all five cycles in less than three months. Back-to-back -back luteal stim cycles, duo stim. It was intense, but so worth it. We just got the results of our fifth and final cycle, my eighth total, and I'm so thrilled to report we'll be sending off 15 embryos for PGS testing from those last four cycles. Matt, I think you were right when you said it sounds like my doctor likes data. He tweaked my protocol until he found one that worked and mastered when to trigger me. He, we also participated in a sperm selection study my clinic was running. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Using AI to help select the best sperm. I think it was a game changer for us, even with my partner's very dumb sperm, which I'm so glad we didn't abandon for donor sperm. I know we have a lot of hurdles yet to clear, but I'm feeling really optimistic as we approach the next steps. I hope my story can give others hope that miracles might not come along, but dogged persistence can yield results too. In order to afford these cycles, I made it my full-time job to source med donations, including a two-day road trip to Virginia and putting my air miles toward a flight to Colorado to pick up large donations I found on Reddit. Wow. I mean, look. As well as driving around my local area to pick up smaller donations, I managed to source most of the meds for two cycles for free. I mean, that's awesome. But also fucked up that this is our system. Thanks for reading my letter. And thanks to the other listeners for all the replies. Catherine in Toronto. Whoa. She's even in Canada and had to do that. Yeah. Canada doesn't, doesn't give you like a ton of IVF. And I think like they have a limited number of cycles like per province or something. And you have to get on this long wait list. And so a lot of people end up going private anyway. Uh, anyway, Catherine is in a thousand square feet with my partner, two rescue dogs with issues <laughs> and a 39 inch TV, no hot dogs this year or any year for this vegetarian. Mm, interesting. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that the that that you've had so many uh, embryos make it to blast, and I hope that the 15 you get tested come back mm-hmm. raring to go. Send us another update, please. Do all right, um, Matt. Can you read this email from Aaron? I hope you and Henry are doing well and enjoying some summer hot dogs together. We did today. Thank you. This is my second time writing, and the first was right after COVID canceled my IVF cycle in March of 2020, which was brutal. We resumed IVF in early 2021. Welcome to baby girl in October. As a still very exhausted mom with an eight-month-old that doesn't sleep, I made an appointment with our fertility doctor to talk about a second baby. She communicated that our daughter was more of a miracle than we realized. We got one normal embryo out of 21 eggs retrieved and recommended moving to a second round of IVF ASAP uh, when the daughter is 11 to 12 months old and to prepare for at least two rounds of egg retrieval. Now, I'm looking to wean my baby and prep for another round of IVF way before I feel ready, but also understanding that I'm getting older, the lower egg reserve, and the knowledge that this is probably going to be harder this time around. I'm not sure if I have a question for the listeners, but... If anyone's experiencing moving on to a second child while still tired with an infant, I would take some experience solidarity. I would, sorry. I would take some experience solidarity. Thanks for your podcast. Been so great to listen to a lighthearted pod about IVF while doing it. That's writing from Aaron from Portland, 1900 square feet, science baby, two dogs, 12 chickens, 65 inch hot dog. What? Nope. 65 inch TV. No hot dogs, 2022. But she's eating a few brat rocks. Bratwurst. Goofy's hot dog tree was going to grow some 65 inch hot dogs. <laughs> um, 
Well, thank you, Aaron, for this email. I love the second thought of like, oh, no, this is actually tiring. Should we try for another kid now? It's tiring. And then your doctor being like, move or lose it, kiddo. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, the egg signal is going out. Anyone with experience here, please weigh in. Um, All right. Next up, we have an email from Anonymous who says, I hope you had a great trip to the East Coast without any unfortunate airport incidents. We did. Thank you. I've been a longtime excellent adventure and forever 35 listener and loved both of Dory's books. Well, thank you so much. Thank you both for sharing. missed that on emails from mom. Wow. Third book. Check it out. Um, Thank you both for sharing all the ups and downs of your IVF journey. You have built such a wonderful and supportive community. My husband and I went through our first round of IVF in 2019. Our diagnosis is male factor infertility. I'm a teacher. So we wanted to complete my egg retrieval and first transfer over summer break. We got 14 eggs for my retrieval and seven fertilized, but none made it to the blastocyst stage. Our doctor recommended immediately transferring two embryos that were closest to blast, but they didn't take and we ended up having no embryos to freeze. I felt like the entire summer was a waste and I went into the school year feeling really let down. Our next retrieval was scheduled for my spring break in March 2020, but then the pandemic happened and our clinic shut down. Another same situation. Hmm. Shortly after that, I started having a lot of health issues and was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, an autoimmune disease affecting the large intestine. After two long stays in the hospital, a few failed treatment plans, and a second opinion, it was determined that I would need to have my entire large intestine removed and live with an ostomy. Mm. It was a difficult adjustment at first, but almost two years later, I have a much better quality of life, and I'm so thankful for the surgery and my ostomy. I have an appointment at the hospital once every four weeks to receive an IV infusion therapy to control my remaining disease, and I can finally say that I'm doing well and feeling healthy again. My team of doctors recently cleared my husband and me to start fertility treatments again, which has been both exciting and stressful. My husband had a varicocele surgery about a year and a half ago, and while his sperm count is still not in the, quote, normal range, it went up enough for us to try IUI this time. We just finished our first round of IUI medicated with Clomid, and it was not successful. Trying not to get discouraged because I know it's so rare for fertility treatments to, quote, work on the first try. We're going straight into our next round of IUI this month, and my doctor recommended trying two or three rounds of IUI before considering IVF again. I'm sending out the fertility after colectomy surgery signal. Is there anyone out there who had the same surgery who has successfully had a child through IUI or IVF? This is such a specific scenario, but I'd guess that if anyone is out there, they'll be part of this amazing community. Sending love your way as you navigate the next steps for your family. Thanks again. Anonymous from Wisconsin in a thousand square foot house with a husband and a dog. Three hot dogs this year. The skinless kind, though. Otherwise, I can't digest them. And a 54 inch TV. I love how weird the community is that she's like, this is very specific, but this audience (laughs) is just as weird as me. Well, I mean, we have said many times that... Look, the only one I think we've ever missed out on was the nuclear reactor. (laughs) But they ended up having a kid, remember? Yeah, probably because of this podcast somehow. (laughs) Um, All right, well, that signal has gone out. I'm glad you've been cleared to start treatment again, and I hope everything goes well for you. I hope everything goes even better. I remember, Matt said that. Oh, oh, okay. Dory's like, oh, I hope it goes well. I'm like, no, I hope it goes fucking great. Jesus Christ. All right. I'm on Twitter again, everybody. 
Oh, boy. At Matt Myra. <sighs> Will this last? I doubt it. <laughs> but hey. Um, Amanda writes that she was at a baby shower recently where something hurtful was said, and I had no idea if I should say something or not. I didn't say anything. But I'm wondering if you or your listeners can weigh in so I know how to handle things like this in the future. The mom-to-be was opening gifts and reading some of the cards aloud. She read one to herself, chuckled a bit, and said, This one says, Congratulations on making a baby. The woman who wrote the card was standing behind me and said, so everyone could hear, Yeah, well, it's not something everyone can do. I cringed so hard. I would have cringed anyway, but especially because I knew there was one woman in the room who had tried for years to have a baby before becoming pregnant this year via IVF. Another woman who has tried for years to have a baby and hasn't been able to yet. And there was another woman who was supposed to attend because, but couldn't because she just had a second miscarriage. The woman who wrote the card knew about at least two of these women's situations. Plus, who knows who else in the room might be going through something and not find the card or comment funny, but instead very hurtful. I know the woman who wrote the card. She's a colleague. Actually, almost everyone at the shower were colleagues, and I know she would never intentionally hurt anyone, but I'm sure this was probably hurtful to a few people. I didn't say anything. The moment passed quickly, but I'm wondering what, if anything, I should have done. Said something out loud to the room, talked to the writer of the card in private afterwards, checked in with the woman. Plot twist. Might have been hurt. I think the woman who wrote the card has a struggle with fertility. I think the woman who commented struggled with fertility. That was that was the impression I got. Like, well, you know, not everyone can make a baby. It was the, yes. Wasn't that the woman who wrote the card? No, that was another person. Well, Wait, I, wasn't I, it? Yeah, no, read it again. It was the woman who wrote the card commented. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, sorry. Yes, I think we're saying the same thing. Yes, we are. Um, That's what I think is happening. I do too. Because I don't... Anyone who's, that, who's obtuse enough to... Uh, anyone who would be obtuse enough to write that without considering anyone's feelings would not be aware enough to say that part. Yeah. I think this person was saying like, yeah, well, you know, not everyone can like, you're lucky that you could. Yeah. Um, listen, you dumb shit. (laughs) Thank you. And fellow listeners in advance for any, that was the lady talking to the person at the, uh, shower. That was not me referring to the writer of the email. I see. Just so everyone is aware. Uh, and thank you all for being vulnerable and sharing your experiences on the podcast. You're helping so many people. That is Amanda from Canada, but living in Beijing for 10 years now. I met my husband here and we have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. I don't know the square footage of our apartment, but it's small. I've had two hot dogs this year, both from Ikea. We have a 55-inch TV Ikea in, Beijing. in our living room. Too big for the space, I think, but my IT husband would have a bigger one if it was only up to him and a 43-inch in our bedroom. Um, yeah, so I think Matt and I are on the same page about this. Yes. I think we should all try some cold dogs later for our special meals. <laughs> Still can't get over that. I mean, my dad would like take us to cot like us take me to Costco. I'd have to like eat the free samples. That would be my, my lunch. Pretty classic. Yeah, but at least all that food was cooked. That's true. All right. Uh, Molly writes, do you know the series of books Henry and Mudge by Cynthia Ryland? I used to read them with my students and just read the first one with our science baby. They are about Henry and his very large dog Mudge, who could be Bo's brother. They're great for reading aloud and a good easy reader for when your Henry is ready for that. Enjoy their adventures. And that is from Molly in West Virginia with one science baby, six hot dogs, a 140-acre farm. That's and, enough space for a golf course. Let's and do one it. TV. I'll be there soon. 
Henry's all Henry's already ready to read books. Last night he had me come in because he couldn't read the books. He needed more light. But that was after he'd gone to sleep. Like he was supposed to be going to yeah, sleep. Yeah, so I just moved the hatch closer. But he kept like waving the book towards the hatch. Like, I need more light. I need to see this book. Oh my gosh. Um, thank you for that book recommendation. We will check it out. All right. This last email is from Gus, who says, this question is for Dory specifically. Hmm. It's been a while since you mentioned it. Don't remember what episode, but this stuck out in my mind, and I finally remembered to write in about it. You mentioned a Manhattan bar called Max Fish and how you used to frequent there along about the early aughts. I have twice read the 2017 book Meet Me in the Bathroom by Lizzie Goodman, which is all about the post-punk, a.k.a. garage rock revival scene. Around that time, several of my favorite bands, The Strokes, Interpol, Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, TV on the Radio, came up in this scene. Max Fish is featured prominently, and several members of these bands hung out and met there. Some even worked there. I'm curious if you ran into or knew any of those people, and if you knew that there was a bona fide musical mo- movement happening. I would have killed to be amongst this scene. I'm a bit younger than you. These bands were hitting a big just as I was graduating from my dreary upstate New York tech school. I then moved home to Boston, which has had a shameful music scene for decades. <laughs> I still do love this town, though. It wasn't until 2005-ish that I really started listening to these bands, thanks to iTunes recommendations. Also curious if these bands are on your playlist. My son, a couple months older than Henry, now calls for several Is This It songs by name. He makes me so proud. As for the book, it's a good read with a very unconventional format. It's written in actual quotes from interviews. She has done of various personalities from the scene, so it's kind of like a documentary in book form. It also makes it inherently gossipy. As a listener of these bands for many years now, I still immensely immensely enjoyed the book. Blame my star fuckery for that sidebar. You might remember me as the guy whose wife gave birth in the hospital lobby. Our second baby had a much different birth. My wife was induced. As the baby was a few days past due, the birth was uber painful, but it happened in a hospital bed with many medical professionals at hand. Very weird how our second kid chose to cook a lot longer and needed some prodding to come out. Stats. Husband, wife, IVF kids, age three years and 16 months, plus 150 pound. Incredibly lazy coonhound mix, 1,350 square feet in Watertown. Probably 20-ish hot dogs this year, KM Fenways. Lucky. Because the kids eat them readily. One TV of unknown dimensions, large but not enormous. Love you guys. Gus. Um, I did not know anyone in the Strokes, Interpol, yeah, 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 or TV on the radio. I bet you did, but didn't know it. Maybe. Although, you know, I was in, I moved to New York in 1999 after I graduated college. And then I was there for about a year and a half. And then I moved back to Philly to go to grad school. Now, my boyfriend still lived in Brooklyn. So I was in New York, like almost, I was in New York like half the week. Like I would usually like come up on Thursdays and stay till Monday, Sunday or Monday. So I was, you know, I was spending like every weekend there. Um... And yeah, I mean, Max Fish was like one of the bars we would go to, um, but I don't, I don't remember like meeting anyone there. Now, I will tell you a funny story, which is that New Year's Eve of 1998-99, um, I was with my friend Lisa, who subsequently... Um, we were roommates, but she was then, she was, a, she had graduated from NYU the previous year and was living on the Lower East Side and we were hanging out. It was New Year's Eve. 
and we went to this, I don't, I don't remember where, what it was, but it was a bar or a club on the Lower East Side and Google Bordello was playing and it was like this tiny, tiny club. Like I feel like maybe 50 people were there. It was really cool, but they weren't famous yet. Wow. They then became famous. And to me, they still aren't. Okay, thank I you. I don't know who they are. They were pretty. Is it like a seven-piece band? Um, yeah, they had a pretty, I think they had a pretty, their, their front man was like a very, like, uh, striking persona. Very tall and skinny and like, and, had and, a whole and thing. And didn't play any instruments, was just a front man. <sighs> I, don't I appreciate it by trade frontman. I don't. Know? I like don't. A David Lee Roth kind yeah, of. Yeah, he had that kind of vibe. Like I remember, there was like he had like a pillow on stage, and he sliced it open, and like feathers were going everywhere. Where else are you gonna get feathers? Exactly. Um, it's the cheapest way to get New Year's feathers. So, yeah. So there you go. There's my one fun downtown New York story. Um, okay. Thank you all for listening. That brings us to the end of the show. It does indeed. And uh, you're all welcome to continue the adventure over on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. That's where you go. You can get up to a bonus episode of the podcast every single month. If you support us at the $5 level or above, you get your name read as a thank you each and every single time and month we do the podcast. So that's cool. Yeah. Thanks to the following folks. Lane and Kate Seppala. Laura Bennett. See, when Dory reads it, she says, thanks to the following folks. And then I have to read the first one. So I paused to let Dory read the first one. She didn't. And I was like, I better jump in. And then here we are. Okay, Laura Dodge. Laura Madge. Okay. <laughs> Laura Val. Lauren Cephalo. Lauren Schultz. LFB. Weasel. Lindsay Gish. Linnea Wynn. Lisa Travis. Lydia. Lynn Nugent. Madeline McCarthy. Mara Fass. Marina Breed. Martin Hedegaard Peterson. Mary Messick. Mary Myra. Mary Jo George. Maud Tremblay. Megan Nelson. Magana Prasad. Melanie Bronbeck. Melissa. Mer- Merrill H. Michael Roth. Michelle Saum. Mike Zytek. Molly. Mariah Adamic. Name. Nancy Powell. Nassim Kansari. <laughs> That's probably my mistake from the spreadsheet. Sure. Uh, Nicola Hill. Nicholas Skidmore. Nicole Mustafa. Nikki Bossert. Oshrat Kaplan. Uh, Pamela Carpenter. Pamela Wong. Pat. Uh, hmm. Machuski? Mazajuski? Machuski is probably correct. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Paul or, Sharp. Whatever. Whatever it is, it's going to sound so much more yes, simple. Yes, exactly. Paula. Penny from Massachusetts. Rachel Kuzma. Rob Bean. Robert Hamilton. Robin Kilgo. Sadie Massa. Samantha. Sarah Dowerman. Sarah Dowerman. Sarah. Sarah Friedman. Sarah L. Sarah Swift. Sherry Olson. Shauna Mandel. Sir Reginald Pennybottom. SJV. Sophia F. Steph Gorlnick. Stephanie Toronto. Steve Harcourt. Susanna Perez. Tanya Lamos. Tanya Kay. The Byerses. The Holterman Clan. The Kembles. Tracy Jury. Tyler Rosewood. Victoria. Virginia McFeely. Wendy Fick. And Whitney Hoffman. Thank you, everyone, so much. We'll see you again, no doubt. Bye.